0: Right. Today's date is April 24th, 2019. Tonight's sermon is going to be titled Beachhead. Beachhead. Come on. Our aim, our goal, our heavenly mandate tonight is to help you, us, as a body, receive the inheritances that have been promised and are still ahead of us. Do you want your inheritance? Well, before you get to
1: the beachhead, there's something that takes place first. You have a vision. God gives you a vision, right? So this is kind of where this is driven from, guys, is a, a vision that was given uh, really to me seven years ago. And, uh, and praise God, I don't get to do it alone anymore. Um, amen for brothers. Amen for brothers. Uh, so when God gave me a vision to start this business, 300 Contracting, uh, it was seven years ago. And at that time, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I made like three jobs and then I quit. You know, so as I'm sitting here in worship, I'm just, uh, one of the biggest things that can hold us back from achieving our vision is fear. And I sit there, and I'm even here in worship, and I see myself in fear of failure, right? And we have to put that under our foot. Amen. 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 But y'all turn to Judges, chapter 6, 12 through 14. This is the the scripture the Lord birthed in me seven years ago, and then now uh, we're actually starting to see it. Come to reality. This was seven years ago and now it's a reality. And guess what? It's just the beginning. So Judges 6, 12 through 14. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Come on. Mighty Mighty warrior. Man, that's encouraging. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about? When when they said, "Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But not didn't. But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of Midian." Come on, guys. How many of you know that the Lord did not abandon you?
0: Amen. He is always
1: there. He is always faithful. The net, in verse fourteen it says, "The Lord turned, the Lord turned to him and said." Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of many's hand. Am I not sending you? You see, when God gives you a vision, Come he on, is sending man. you to accomplish a task. So have no fear. Go and take possession of what the Lord's called you to do.
0: Has the Lord given anybody in this room a vision? Yeah. Yeah. Has he given you a promise? Yeah. We're going to go after it tonight.
1: Yeah. It takes, when you have a vision, guys, he's given you a territory to take over. Yeah. He has given you something to actually go and possess. So as we begin to go through this sermon, look and search your hearts and see what he's called you to do. And don't be driven by fear, but be driven by faith.
0: Amen. Yeah. We have that first slide. Look at this.
1: Y'all see that? Yeah. That is a picture in World War II taking the beachfront. So when you see the ship opening its gate look how far off they're away from the beachfront they still have to tread the water they still have to walk through and and avoid gunfire they are taking bullets they are taking uh missiles are coming out guys and they still have to tread through water but what does it look like when we the lord gives us a a call and he says take that beach When that door opens, we got to get out. We have to get out. If we stay, you're gonna die. You're gonna you're gonna blow up into pieces. Y'all seen the movie? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's real. It's before my time, but it's real. Okay, read. Go to history books. But look, you got to take the beachfront. Whatever it takes, you get out the boat, you swim to the beach, and you start taking possession of the land.
0: Come on now. The kingdom of God is not stagnant. It's ever-moving. You've been selected, been chosen, been redeemed, and our God is calling us further. He's taken us through training, and he has promised that this year is going to be a year of prosperity, that we're taking new inheritances. What that looks like is we're taking ground that the enemy believes is his, that is occupied currently. And when that door drops open, it can be surprising how much adversity... And how many defenses the enemy set up? Yeah. How many giants did they have to kill by the time they had received their inheritance? Okay. It's almost like the enemy knew that the Lord wanted to do good things in your lives this year. That he wanted you to have children. That he wanted your households to be strong. To be based in the word and have righteous alone. shalom. And the enemy's been working against it all of this time. We're not going to let him win though. When those doors drop, we're going to lead with praise. We're going to lead with vigor. And we're going to go... Hallelujah. Halfway. Turn with me to Nehemiah. We're going to pick up in the first verse and we're going to look at a great work that is under construction. <laughs> Somebody say great work when you're there. Great work. When word came to Sambalat, Tobiah, Jeshim, and the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left. Though up to that time, I had not set the doors in the gates. Samballot and Jeshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Anna. See, when you step out of the boat, there's immediately adversaries. And they're waiting for you. If you keep going, it says, but they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop? when I leave it and go down to you. Mm. Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. See, the enemy knows that we are a part of a great work. The example that we just gave from our personal lives is about a vision that the Lord spoke seven years ago. But across this room, the Lord has made promises and given men and women visions that we must accomplish. And at the same time, the enemy is planting seeds that are meant not only to oppose you, but to slander you. To see if they can separate you. If they can cause your family to shrink back. But as a congregation, we have been resurrected from the grave. Just like in the setting of Nehemiah, we are no longer captives to sin in Babylon. The Lord has had favor on us and allowed a remnant to return. Are you a part of that remnant church? Yeah. I just had a chance to visit Dallas. I love those guys. The one association is filled with a remnant spirit. And it's filled with one powerful spirit that is unifying all of us because this is a kingdom war. Yeah. Then the fifth time, Sambalat sent his aide to me with the same message. and his hand was an unsealed letter, in it which was written, It is reported among the nations, and Jeshem says that it's true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt. Therefore, you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports... You are about to become their king and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us confer together. You hear the slander in this? You hear those demonic thoughts that are trying to disqualify you? I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you're saying is happening. You're just making it up out of your head. Saints, we have got to learn that we cannot tolerate the propaganda of the enemy. He is trying to defeat you before that door ever drops. He's trying to defeat you before you're ever making progress. If he can separate you from the king of kings by making you feel guilty or unworthy, if he can keep you from repenting and living in righteousness, he can hold you back from the sonship that you're supposed to have. But he has no real power. The king of kings is the one who's in control. And the king here moves by God, favors those who are doing the work. But in that moment, it doesn't look like it, does it? We have Jeshem who says that it's true, an unsealed letter, slander that it's going about. And yet, they have a great work and we cannot stop. It's time that we begin to get our heads in the game. We were redeemed by the blood. We've been resurrected in righteous power. Now, how do you walk that out? How do you live in resurrection power? How do you see the things that were promised and that we're pushing for in this year? It starts by us deciding that I'm not tolerating any other thoughts. Come on. I'm not going to be led astray. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to sit where I am because the kingdom of God is moving and pushing. It is never stagnant. Amen. Guys, that slander and those traps, we got to let those go.
1: The the gods of of the nations are nothing, right? They are nothing compared to our King of Kings. So let's stop getting distracted. With what they're taunting at us and what they're doing, but we need to focus on the King of Kings. Y'all turn to Psalm 115, verse 2. Say there when you're there. Come on. All right. Why do the nations say, Where is their God? Keep going. Our God is in heaven, He does whatever He pleases. Guys, The nations are saying, where is their God? See, the nations have always been taunting us. Yeah. They've always been trying to set snares and traps. But you know what? Where's our king of kings? Where's our king of kings? He's in the heavens. Come and guess on, what? He, has, he can do whatever he wants for your good. So y'all turn to, uh, to verse 3. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But the idols... Are of silver, but their idols are silver and gold made by the hands of men. But you see, guys, keep going. It's just too good to pass up. We're just going to keep going with it. They have mouths, but cannot speak, eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear, noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel, feet, but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them. And so, all who trust in them. Listen to this, guys. They absolutely have no power. They are idols. They are dead. And if, if you're like them, you're dead. Yeah. But what's the hope in it? Go to the next verse. All you Israelites, trust in the Lord. He is, your, he is their help and their shield. Go to the next verse. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. Come on, Come on church. You've got to raise your shield you got to raise your hope in Christ. Go to the next verse. You who fear the Lord. Who is that? Who is that? Who fears the Lord in here? I do. Trust in the Lord. For He is your help and your shield. Guys, we have to raise our shields up tonight. For example. <laughs> oh, man. Example of my own life. These are always fun, right? Oh, yeah. The best. My wife, my beautiful bride. For five years, we tried to have children. And y'all know this. Doctors told us we couldn't have kids. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I I let my shield down. Yeah, and um, just kind of gave up hope. And And now seeing this year of prosperity, guys, with all the kids being born, all the kids coming... I'm not going to lie, I've uh, even had my shield dropped a little bit because we're longing for another child as well. And, um, but I see two miracles walking around today. Come on. Now. So you know what, that gives me hope to pick my shield up. It gives me hope to pick my shield up. You know, I see, I see Charlie Brown, and I see the Lord helping him in every way. Good, God. Elder Charlie is going to help you tomorrow in your surgery. I look at Baj, and I see Baj's trust in the Lord. And these are, these are all men I want to aspire to be. These are men that I can look up to and, 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 and have an example set before me. But I'm telling you guys, right now, we have to pick our shields up. Amen. Let's not let them drag on the ground anymore, but let's pick them up
0: and get into the fight. Yeah. Amen? Amen. If we're considering our analogy of the beachfront, and it's very much so like the kingdom it may be very difficult to jump out of the plane, very difficult to get out of the boat. But at some point when you've invested enough into the kingdom, turning back would be even more difficult. Yeah. See, my brother here has seen two children that are not supposed to be born here that will carry on their family name. Are we really going to allow the devil to steal from us now no. that we're going to lose faith for the third one? No. We're not going to do it. See, we get filled with power. We're excited. We come from a fantastic church service, like the one that came about on Sunday. And somehow, between Sunday and Wednesday, we tend to lose a little bit of steam. We tend to start to let our shield lower. Mm-hmm. But He is our very great shield. Yes. And we have to learn to raise it back up again as many times as it takes. Come We've on. come this far, church. We're not going to be denied. Come on, bro. We're not going to come up short tonight. Because we have a little bit further to go, and we're going to see everything that the kingdom has to offer for the families in this room. Amen. Let's look at Genesis fifteen. We're going to pick up in the first verse. Nick's there, where are you guys at? There. there? Popcorn going off. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do you have a vision, Church? Come on. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Man, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Say it again. (laughs) Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Come on, church. Come on. This is the father of the faithful. This is a passage that has been preached on who knows how many times since January. And yet, he said, God of all creation feels the need to say, do not be afraid, Abram. Why is that? Is it because the Lord's never done anything for Abram before? Is it because this is not Genesis 12, this is Genesis 15. Why is it that the Lord needs to remind Abram, do not be afraid? Because it's easy for us to drop our shield. It's easy for us to let that vision that we were once passionate about, that we were burning for, begin to slowly compromise, to begin to slowly fade out. And the King of Kings is reminding Abram here, do not be afraid. I am your shield. Pick it up. Hold it. Let it be what defends you from the arrows. Don't let those fiery darts of the enemy have a hold on you any longer. Don't let sin entice you. I can shield you from it. Keep stepping forward. Go through the water, onto the beach, into the land that I've called you to. You can't stay in the boat, Abram. I am your shield and I will be your reward. So good. good. He is our shield and reward. The character of the Lord and his promise are what we must remind ourselves of and how we proceed. A shield is not made for one use. It's not a one-time event. It is made for combat. When the Lord said, I am your shield, it doesn't mean that for a single day, for this one event or this one church service, I'm going to make you feel better. If it means that I am your shield, you're going to carry it across this journey. You're going to carry it into the lands that I've called you to conquer, and it's going to take many blows. Say many blows with me. Many blows. The kind of faith of Abraham is one. Where you hear a vision and for decades you're pursuing what he's called you to and you're not allowing it to drop. I assure you that he is able to withstand it. Remember that shield is him, it is his promise. You may be weak, you may be vulnerable, but what you have access to is not, it's indestructible. It is the power of a resurrected life. Let me ask you how many of you are operating in the faith of Abraham tonight? An indestructible life? One that cannot be beaten, that cannot be broken? See, we're quick to say that I have the faith of Abraham, but I want every one of you to carry a shield that is indestructible. To receive the reward of Abraham. We have the opportunity to do that tonight. Verse 6 says, Abram believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Come on now. The defining attribute of any successful campaign, but especially on a beachhead, is commitment. That we must choose to pick up our shield and press in like victory is already assured. See, before Abraham had received what was promised, God credited it to him because he was willing to obey, because he was willing to get out of the boat and press in no matter what it looked like. Tonight, we have to make up our minds that what the Lord has called you to is definite, that if you're just willing to fight, you're just willing to obey, the Lord will bring about victory. We we cannot sit uncertain, always renegotiating our call. Well, this was difficult, so maybe I'm going to rearrange this tonight. Maybe I'm going to slack back just a little bit. Well, this family member has been having a hard time, so I'm not going to share the real truth with them. I'm just going to be sweet to them, and we'll get around to it at some point. The Lord has called us to take men and women from the depths of hell into righteousness. He's called us to raise mighty sons and daughters that are powerful in the kingdom, not church brats. Trust me, I know the difference. You have access to an indestructible shield tonight. Guys, are you committed to picking up your shield?
1: Yes. Are you committed, even when it gets heavy and it, it, your arm starts going out? Are you committed to raise it up? Come on. Come on. Because didn't he not say in Judges, I have given you the strength? Yes. Am I not sending you? Then pick up your shield.
0: Y'all turn with me to Genesis 35. What well, you turn there? Say, raise up your shield. Raise up your shield. And believe. And believe. Come on. You got to raise it and believe.
1: Genesis thirty five one. Then God said to Jacob, "Go up to Bethel and settle there, and build an altar to build an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau." <laughs> now before we move on, why build an altar? Listen, that word "build" in Hebrew, I believe, is "bana," and if I'm saying it wrong, it's okay. Um, but it's "bana," it means to, to build. Rebuild, establish, or continue with, guys. When the Lord reveals Himself to you, you need to put a monument up. You Amen. need to raise a banner. You need to raise a flag and rejoice because why? You've got the revelation of who God is.
0: We're not backing up from. We're it. not
1: backing up from His character. We're we're forcefully advancing to know Him more and to uh, advance what He's called us to do. Guys, we have to raise a flag. Why raise a flag though? Why build? It's because when you raise a flag and you capture a hill, you know what it does? It's a testimony for others to follow. Yeah. Look, if I'm down here, right, and uh, I, I'm going uphill in a battle, and I'm struggling, and, and, and I've got to get to the top. We've got to, we've got to advance. We've got to advance. I'm going. When I get there, look who's behind me. You. So I want to raise the flag because it brings you hope. And it gives you encouragement to advance. Come on, on, we got to raise the flag in this place. And then wave it around saying, let's go. We're going to win. (laughs) What does this require, though, from our households? Let's go to the next verse. Verse 2. So Jacob said to his household... And to all, all who are with him, get rid of the foreign gods you have with you come on. and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Once you do that, once you get that, then what? Then come, let's go up to Bethel while we'll build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me. Wherever I have gone. Come on, guys. When we when we enter into his presence and we get right, guess what? He is with us wherever we go. He is with us in our task. He's with us in our vision. Yeah. What is the call the Lord's placed on your life tonight? What is the call he gave you uh, seven years ago and that you've kind of lost hope in? What is that
0: vision? You've got to get it back. You've got to pick up your shield and take charge. Amen. See, what does that monument do? It's a reminder of all generations of what the standard is. It's a reminder to the troops that are behind that we at least have got to go this far. Then we're going to push further. It's showing that a standard has been accomplished and must continue to be. I want to tell you that in this righteous family who was called to God, experiencing God, they still had idolatry in their house. And for them to properly operate in their mezuzah, in their calling and the standard to have that altar built as a testimony that was eternal, they had to purge. They had to get their house right from top to bottom. Yeah. And the King of Kings will call us to do this many times until our hearts are circumcised and we are clean at Gilgal. Yeah. Tonight, we're inviting you to focus on your family. To focus them on the fight that you were called to. To the calling that you have. It's time to fight in front. It brings freedom. Yeah, There's no room anymore for us to be in shambles and disarray, where one day we are praying about this, our wife is praying about this, we're divided on this issue, divided on this issue, our children are out of sync. Saints, we are in a holy war. It's time for us to cleanse. It's why we're doing the Monday night teachings that are blessing our lives. If we can focus our families on the fight that we are called to, it will bring freedom in this house. Mark my words. The callings that you've seen in the distance forever but not seen the kind of progress that you thought you would will start to get right when your house gets right. Amen. Yeah, for, for the Abrahamic covenant and his descendants, what they had to do to see the monument of God and his presence ascending and descending was get their household in order. So let's not pretend that tonight with the Lord ordaining the kind of series that we're going through, the words of prophecy that we're going through that we don't need to get our house right. But as we do that, it's going to bring freedom and life. And once that has happened, it's actually going to be a marker for the families who are coming behind you. Amen. That the joy that is going to be on the Riazora family that is there and is going to yeah. continue to be there as they see God deliver them, it's going to spur me on. Yeah. Yeah. That the Lord is going to spur us all on because we are a family of believers and we are pushing each other towards the goal because we are one army and one kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, I want to add, guys, when we're... <laughs> When we're getting our visions from the Lord
1: and we're getting our homes in order, what does it look like though? Sometimes, and I'm going to be in my life, uh, I moved, me and the Browns moved in together. And what it was, it was my vision joining Caleb's vision. Sometimes your vision is called to join other people's vision. And it creates an atmosphere to get your home in order. So don't hesitate joining in someone's vision. Take the call. If God directs you in that step. Take the call and go and join that vision because it absolutely could save your life. Amen. It could absolutely cause you to grow. It could absolutely uh, be freeing in your family and get that family in
0: order because that's what pleases the Lord. There's a blessing that resulted from this process. Verse 4 describes how they got rid of these items. In verse 5 it says, They set out and the terror of God fell upon the towns all around them so that no one pursued them. No one pursued them. It's a beautiful thing when you don't have old longings, old mistakes, past failings, nagging at your family anymore. You really can be completely free with no one pursuing you. And the fear of God follows your life when you're in the room with men and women. It descends upon them and they want to get their life right. Y'all insert the next slide. Look at that. Come on. What
1: do you see? They're raising a flag. But do you see just one man raising the flag? Nope. Nope. No, I see a team. I see at least four guys. And they had to charge a hill, take that hill captive, and all together work to get that flag up. Do you see the importance in having your visions collide? Do you see the importance of being unified? Because not one man could do it alone. But think about this. How many did they lose getting up there? How many did they lose getting up there? And how many more will be sacrificed to go? Guys, this is a team effort. This is unity. This is why it is so important to fellowship with the body as much as you possibly can. Do you see the importance? Our victories are not our own. They're all of ours. When Nick has a victory, it's my victory. When you have a victory, it's Judah's victory. Amen. And we, could do, we get to do it together. Planning a monument is a standard for your family. It is an encouragement for those around you to press on. I want to set a standard for my family to follow. And, guys, the cares and worries of this world have just got to go. Amen. Uh, they really are light and momentary compared to Christ, his suffering. I tell you that word on uh, Wednesday and Sunday blessed us. Amen. And uh, we got to take these things seriously and, and really see the revelation we get from this body. Amen. But guys, when we set a flag, it's a monument. It's a monument for us to press on to. Raise your shield today. Amen. Raise your shield and hold your flag high. Yeah. Hold it high. Wave it for all to see. Because it brings the encouragement to others. Y'all turn with me to 2 Samuel 22. Verse 29. Y'all getting something out of this? Yeah. All right. I hope. You are my lamp, O Lord. You are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. Amen. Come on. You You want your path to be turned to light? Yes, you want that darkness to flee? Come on, he's going to shine bright tonight. With your help, I can advance against a troop. Do you see that again? He's your help. This isn't degrading. This is—he is our Easer. He's our—he's our Father. He is our helpmate. How many of us need help in this room tonight? Amen. I do. <laughs> I do. Do you want to scale a wall? I want to. And I'm. A, I, I, I know I say this a lot, but I'm a big guy to scale a wall. And so, Cody, you, you feel me? I know you do. And um, I need a lot of help to get up that wall. But with the king of kings and, and maybe some Judah pushing me up, I'm going to be just
0: fine. We're going to get it, bro. We're going to get it, huh? You may have to get a lift, but we're going to get it.
1: I love you, buddy. Okay. All right, seriously. Verse 31. Ask for God... His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. We can trust the word of God. We can hold fast to it, and we can become alive. Come on. Amen. Come on. I want to be alive tonight. The Lord is transforming as I'm standing here tonight. He's transforming into His likeness, into His image, because that's what His desire is for all of us. Amen. We have to be transformed. His word is flawless. He is a shield.
0: He is your shield. Amen. And he is with you. Come on, let's say that. He is my shield. Come on. He is is our shield. shield.
1: And there's nothing that can stop it. Nothing. Not the gates of hell can't come close to it. He is our shield, saints. He is our perfect shield. For all who take refuge in him. Come on, are we going to take some refuge tonight? Yes. I'm going to take some refuge tonight. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except God? Come on. Remember those idols in Psalm 115? They ain't nothing. They ain't nothing. They can't talk. They can't walk. Our God, our, our God of, <laughs> is the rock. It is God who arms me with strength. There it goes again. Come on. Amen. How many of you need some strength? Yeah. And makes my way perfect. I, I want to be perfect in all that he tells me to do. It can make us. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. And sometimes that's hard for me to believe. But he, he does do it. He enables me to stand on the heights. Come on, man. I remember when I was in Peru. And uh, that was hard enough as it is, but it was, it's very tall when you're climbing up. And uh, you need a lot of help, you know. And, uh, but you know what? I got to the top. I got to the top. Without a helicopter, without a lift, I got to the top. And uh, he put me on the heights. He put me on the heights. And uh, he taught me a lot in that trip. (laughs) That was part of verse 35. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory. He gives us his shield of victory, but we have to take it. He's giving a gift. If you don't receive that gift, it's no good. You have to take that shield and put it to use. That's a good word. You got to receive what he's giving you. The enemy is not giving up without a fight. The Lord has given us his shield for a reason. We got to take it up. Come on, say it. I got to take it up.
0: got to take it up. Come on, I got to take,
1: take it up. You're being trained for this beachhead. You're being trained to take this beach. Stay at it. Amen. Stay at it. Whatever the cost is, stay at it. Amen. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's hard. It's hard when God gives you a vision, but it's worth it. Yeah. Will you continue on? Yeah.
0: Yes. The same way that I can't do what we do every day by myself, we have to work together. Yeah. We're going to have to unite as one army increasingly. Yeah. This body is not going to be able to operate on 50 different personal colleagues. It's going to be personal callings that knit together as one arm of God. It was spoken about a long time ago, but we're seeing it happen in this room. I want to tell you, in Isaiah 13, it says that we are going to raise a banner on a hilltop and that the Lord is going to summon warriors to carry out his wrath and those who rejoice in his triumph will come to him. In Isaiah 40, the Lord tells us that he's going to come in power and that his reward and his recompense is with him. As we keep going in Isaiah 40 in the 30th verse, we've read about how we can soar on eagle's wings, that we have the opportunity to be above the judgment and in the presence of God with his strength. Even yous grow tired. Even yous grow weak. But the Lord will strengthen those who are journeying towards him, who are in progress of completing the vision that they are called to. In Isaiah 52, a charge is given. Awake, awake, O Zion." clothe yourself for strength <clears throat> put on your garments of splendor o oh, jerusalem the holy city shake off the dust
1: yeah. shake it off come on come on you got to shake off that dust <clears throat> you got to shake it off just like Jews got to shake that cough off
0: <laughs> he's working on it, it, off. it off. come on shake it. as we shake this dust off In this unholy sickness that I'm going to ask the elders to pray for in a little while. We begin to realize that the prophets are continually speaking one message. They're always calling their people to something higher. They're always calling their people out of a disillusioned state and calling them to be awakened. Each of the prophets are speaking to people that are called to great things, that have a holy inheritance, wonderful things that are promised and at their disposal. And yet somehow throughout history, we always seem to find a way to fall asleep. But the King of Kings is telling us tonight, awaken those old visions, awaken those old prophecies, awaken that courage and that attitude in you that says, I'm at war, but my God will strengthen me. Pick up your shield and believe again, pick up your shield and raise a banner, if not for you, for the people who are on your left and right, because you have to do it together. It's not possible for one man to see the call of God lived out on his own. It must be done in a community. The Lord is telling us to awaken tonight. And there is one message that is spoken through his prophets to his people. Stir yourselves. I am coming. My reward will with, be with me. My recompense will be with me. I am sovereign. I am powerful. Will you live in my indestructible life now? Or are you going to wait for my judgment to come in the end? I say I want to be standing with him when he comes back. I want to be living in his indestructible power when he comes back and the graves pop open. See, we just celebrated a resurrection, but there's about to be a mass resurrection. Both the righteous and the wicked will come out of the ground. We decide in this life how we want to meet our Savior, how we want to meet our Lord and our Master and our Creator. You got to wake up.
1: But you know what happens when we don't wake up. Let's put the slide on there. So this is an exhibit also from World War II. Look
0: at that. Yeah. Judah, what do you see? I see soldiers who got on the boat were heading towards the place they were called to conquer and are dead in the water. Now what? Look at that. They started their
1: fight. Right? They were in the boat. They started their fight. And now look, there's many that lay dead in the ocean. Maybe they were overcome by fear. Yeah. Like I talked about earlier. Maybe they were overcome by offense. Maybe it was stress or tossed by the cares and worries of this world. Or maybe they got tangled up in the bob wire sin. I want us to take an honest assessment. Since I've been here five years, how many of us are not here? Do you remember the seats that used to be filled? Yeah. 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 Does that hurt you? Yes. I look around and I see people that aren't here anymore. That are supposed to be here. Yeah because God does not call you to come to this place just to leave he's called you to learn and to grow to take the beachfront, to get out of the boat whatever may be entangling you tonight it really is an opportunity to be untangled because our God does not leave us like that if we press in if we press in
0: there's hope there's hope. A picture like this can be overwhelming. And the reality is that every one of these little silhouettes has a name, has a wife, has children, has a mother, has a daughter, had a pastor who prayed for them, a friend who witnessed to them and saw them come into the kingdom. You know, in most Holocaust museums around the world, in a way to help you realize the gravity of six million dead or more, They have these little lights that they put up in a dark room and let them go out one by one so that you can get an idea of it. Because as humanity, we we see numbers and we get desensitized somehow. But I want you to consider the deaths that you've seen one by one for a moment. That each one of these have a name. And it's not because they didn't start the journey. It's not because they didn't hear from God or have a vision. It's not because they weren't fired up on a Sunday like you were at one point. It's because they failed to continue to raise their shield. I tell you right now, there are people in this room that you have accepted a decoy. That you found something that you feel good engaging with. Like I'm successful, I'm shooting this target. And I'm I'm hitting it, man. I am going after the kingdom. But you are not standing on the mezuzah that you're called to. You may have no idea what it is. And you have not taken the time to be discipled and going to the roots of what you are called to do and what you're operating orders are what your mission objective is you're just running out into the fray hoping that you shooting paper targets is doing something it's time for us to evaluate exactly what our plan is not our plan but the plan of our mighty commander see these things are drilled over and over again in soldiers because when you hit the heat of battle when your children are sick when something didn't go well in your job when you feel like your little world is crumbling We must remember what we are called to do and who we are. Because if by nature we were able to hold on to the plan, then none of this would be necessary. That the training, discipleship would not be necessary. But the reason that those who walked with Jesus were discipled daily for years with Jesus is because when he died, they still went haywire. They still struggled to hold on to the plan of God. And it took seeing him in the flesh to raise that shield back up again. What we're telling you now is that you're engaging in a fight. It's time to expect that you be shot at. It's time to expect that there's about to be an adversary and you don't want to end up as one of these. You want to lock arms with the men and women around you and say, I am called to accomplish this and I can help you accomplish yours and you help me accomplish mine. We're going to move forward together as one army, one team, one unit, because we don't want to see anyone drowning in the waves, tossed back and forth as immature Christians waiting to be baked.
1: You know, the good, uh, another good example, another good example is, uh, I don't know if y'all see the movie 300, but, uh, when they pull their shields together, when they're getting attacked, they lock arms and their shields are in front. Guys, part of this process is being close to everyone around here. Yeah. You put your shields together. You know, I had the honor to have dinner with pastor Matt last night and, um, let me tell you, it was refreshing to my soul. I got back home I told my wife I said that's exactly what we needed and um, but why it's because we locked arms we spent time together we held our shields up and we began to encourage one another and he blessed us but you cannot back away from each other in order to overcome the enemies you must stick together you must fight as a unit as one you're fighting next to each other not with each other but next to one another. Amen. You've got to hold that shield up. And you've got to get out the boat. And you've got to walk on the water. Which brings me to my next point.
0: When you're being tossed around in the waves, when you have been disillusioned, and you realize that you have more often than not been tossed back and forth, the Lord does have a solution. He has an answer to that cry. you will turn to Matthew 14. 28th verse. 28.
1: There. there? Come on, get there. there. You all know it. There. But it's good. There. There. Perfect, I'm going to read it. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out on the water. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. That's, a, that's what the Lord said. Come on. <laughs> come see. <laughs> come see. Get out here. You asked, I'm telling you, let's go. Then Peter got, out, got down out of the boat, walked on the water. Come on, we're going to walk on some water?
0: Amen. We're going to walk
1: on the water? Amen. And came toward Jesus. Man, walking on water to Jesus, I can only imagine. I could only imagine. But what happened to Peter? But when he saw the wind and the waves, he got afraid. And began to sink. And cried out, Lord, save me. He began to sink over the distractions. Over the, the outside situations coming in. Right? Uh, your job. Maybe uh, you're out of order in your home. And began to sink. And began to lose confidence. Began to lose trust. But what happened? Immediately immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He reached out his hand and said, I got you. And then he gave him a firmly rebuke. You have little faith. But do you see why rebukes and correction are life-saving?
0: Yes.
1: Do you see what Jesus did for Peter? He reached out his hand, caught him, Corrected him. And Peter changed.
0: How many of you in the room know who the Son of God is? You're working to operate in faith. You even feel like you just stretched out. And yet you could find yourself needing Mm -hmm. the hand of God to pull you up from where you are. See, our need and our recognition of it is not based upon you not trying. It is based upon you trying, realizing where you are coming up short and asking the king of kings to make up the difference. You know, the difference between Peter and many other men is that he got out of the boat, that he was willing to pick up his shield and try again. As many times as he had to go towards the beach, he would do it again and again and again. See, that is how we find the hand of God, though. See, I want to be the one who is in the water and half drowned, but I get to touch the hand of God. I want to be the one who is so utterly dependent upon him that I will die if he doesn't reach out for Come on. us. Tonight, we want to implore you, raise your shield and take his hand. Yes. Take it at the same time because you need both. Yes. See, he will
1: never leave you or forsake you. No. Do you believe it? Do you believe that he will never leave you or forsake you? Just reach out your hand and say, I'm here. He's, that's what he's telling you. And in return, you're giving him your hand.
0: Briefly, we want to tell you a little bit about what the New Testament epistles describe this process looking like. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, With unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness. Say transformed into. See, we have to take that hand of God and He will help us become like Him and able to walk on the water. With ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Come on, come on. In Ephesians
1: 1, verse 20, it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Come on, you need the spirit of wisdom? Yes. Come on, I need the spirit of wisdom. And revelation. I want some more revelation in this place. Come on. Come on. So that you may know Him better. He gives us the revelation and the spirit of wisdom so we can know His character, so we can trust in His character, so
0: we can advance the very call He's told us to do. Philippians three thirteen says, "Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do: forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I'm heading for that beachfront. I'm heading for the promise God has called me to, and I'm straining forward and I'm forgetting what is behind. Come on! I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus.
1: Yeah. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Come on, stand firm." Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Fully give yourself to the Lord and the work He has for you because you know that your labor and the Lord does not go in vain.
0: Amen. Ephesians 3.10 says, His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. The rulers and authorities of what? The rulers and authorities over the... Inheritances that you have on the earth, the nations that are supposed to be transformed by the gospel, the lives that have been subdued by demonic sin and wayward thinking, those authorities that are in opposition to you. He elected you, the church, to display His manifold wisdom, His power, His strength to those authorities. There's a reason there's opposition, it's because you are the instrument of God on earth. You are His heavenly army, you are His war instrument. According to His eternal purpose, which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in Him and through faith in Him. Come on, say, raise that shield. Raise that shield. Raise your faith, church. In Him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. See, it's time that we operate in freedom and confidence. Yeah. That we're no longer dragging in, no longer operating in guilt. That we've torn off the things that hinder. We're getting out of the barbed wire. We're getting out of the weeds. We're picking up our shield. Yeah, we are. And we're displaying the manifold wisdom of God. Come on. We're a heavy
1: army imposing the will of our father on this earth. You are his army. Yes. It's time to work. Yeah, It's time to go to war. It's time to fight for your families.
0: It's time to pick our shields up and raise our flags. Amen. Distractions, offenses, they're all made to slow your advance so that the enemy can pick you off. See, all those men who were floating in the water were heading the right direction, but somewhere they slowed up and got entangled in things that prevented them from continuing to grow and mature. See, that's the enemy scheme. If he can get you to stall long enough for him to get a headshot in, if he can get you to stall long enough to get you separated from your brothers, if not physically in your heart and in your mind, it's time that we press on through these things because we're not going to give him that shot. Put up the next slide. Look at that the picture
1: we began with we were looking at it earlier and we are uh, amazed with it to be honest I couldn't imagine stepping out in that but you know what they did and so can we we can step out in what God's called us to do we can take hold of our visions and we can run with it I don't want to just stay in the boat I want to get out of the boat. And I want to walk with confidence. I want to walk with steadfastness. I want to make it to the beach. And then I want to go and fight. Do you want to go fight? Amen. Turn to Revelation. Chapter 5. Verse 4. 4 through 5. I weep and weep. Because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Come on. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. It's not time to weep because he has triumphed.
0: Amen. And he's
1: causing you to triumph. It's time to raise our shields. It's time to stick our flags in the ground and rejoice and keep moving.
0: He has triumphed. And it's not time for us to weep any longer. Just like Abraham. He has credited us with success. What we must do is pick up our shield and believe.
1: He has already promised us the land. He's promised you your vision. He's promised you your call. Pick up your shield and raise the banner.
0: He is already helping us. All that we have to do is pick up our shield And grab hold of his hand.
1: Now it's time for us to pick up our promise, our faith, our shield, and fight together. Fight next to one another and advance the call God
0: has. See, at the end of the day, our great commander and king has provided everything that we need and it's right in front of us. We just have to raise our faith, raise our courage, lift a shield, and claim what the king of kings has for us. Tonight, what we want is for you to have an opportunity. If you've been swayed in the waves, you got off the boat, you've been on the boat, but you're not making progress and pushing towards what you're called to, that you be lifted out of those waters, that if barbed wire has been choking your life out, been choking your family's life out, that you're snared in sin, even though you're in the kingdom battle, you've allowed things to get on you that should not be there. Did you have a friend help you cut your way out of it? Did you quit struggling in it personally, hiding it on your own while all the while you're being cut to pieces and dying? Let somebody help you with this. That some of you might raise a banner inside of your homes that others can look to. That you would partner with a family on your left and right to raise it with you because you can't get it up on your own. At the end of the day, we are going to be held accountable to whether or not, like Peter, we charged in. Not whether or not everything's gone perfectly, but whether or not you are willing to summon the faith to go after what God has called you. Pity the poor coward who dies in the boat staring at the call of God. It's within his sight, may even feel like it's within his reach, but he never actually tastes of the kingdom to come. Better the brave man who dies along the way, but died moving towards the kingdom. It's time that we don't just hear about the promises of God or just hear about the resurrection power that is available. We taste of it. It's time that we enter the fray ourselves. Stand to your feet. Holy One, we thank you for this body of believers. We thank you for our brothers on our left and right, our fellow soldiers of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that you would open up mezuzahs tonight. That you would make operating commands clear for lives in this room. Lord, in areas that we have been disobedient. Lord, that you would help us to get it right. That repentance might flow in this room. Jesus, we want to see what you have promised in this room fulfilled. Lord, we're asking that you would help us do that tonight. Jesus, that you would move amongst us and you would have mercy on your sons. And you would pull us up out of the water and help us to walk alongside you. Jesus, we want to see the miraculous. We want to see the great things that are to come in the kingdom and we don't want to settle for less. Let your spirit breathe inside of us. Let us go the full distance tonight with full sacrifice. Lord, we commit our lives in your hands in the name of Jesus.